Hey, hi everybody. Hi everybody and welcome to another another episode of Sister to Sister. I'm Trish Carr with Women's Prosperity Network and it is a pleasure to be here with you this morning and I'm going to be introducing you to my fantastic guest because today's conversation is always one that takes us higher as people so that we can be the best that we can be. And today, my guest is a woman who is multilingual and widely traveled. So I'm very excited to uh, get her perspective on racism and how it's affected her throughout her life and how she's seen um, racism in action, if you will, in all the different places that she's lived and experienced. She's a former international monetary fund and a World Health Organization staffer. She's a mother of two, a grandmother of seven. And one of the things that she's done, she's on a mission to support people in amazing balance because she herself has perfected the art of balance. Good for you. Um, an accomplished and certified speaker at the National Association of Speakers, the International Federation of Professional Speakers. Uh, she's a prize winner at Toastmasters. We are truly, truly honored to have with us Joyce Niero today. And I'm thrilled, thrilled, thrilled to have you here, Joyce. Thank you so much for being with us. Yes. It's a pleasure. Mm -hmm. Glad to have you here. Great, thank say? you so much. Yes, thank you so much, Trish. What an honor and what a privilege to be here on your show, Sister to Sister. Is nothing better than having sisters? No. Wow. <laughs> Nothing better than having sisters. Yes. So I am glad to be here. Truly blessed to be here, please. Well, and, and you, thank you. Joyce, you've had you have a big family that you come from, and your background is so diverse. You were born in Kenya, right, in a small village, which yeah. you know that's a totally different environment from then. You moved to France in your early twenties. Yes. And. Um, you had challenges bringing your kids with you and situations like that, and then moved here to the U.S. So, you know, specifically when I think about the U.S., I have, that's really my own experience. I've traveled to other countries, um, but I've never lived in other countries, whereas you have. So I know you have the perspective. And when we started this show back in uh, the beginning of June, it was in the wake of Black Lives Matter and that movement really coming to a head. Yes. And, you know, the idea is to keep the conversation going. That's what this is about. It's, a, it's We're not talking about, you know, what happened in terms of rioting, because that's often what comes back. What, what happened was that uh, Black people and allies of of black people in the US decided that it enough was enough yeah. and started getting out there. So I'd love to hear your take on really how you've seen racism in your life in both living here in the US and living in France. And then of course, going back to, you know, what's Kenya is a whole different because you're in Africa. So you're majority black skin people, black, brown, beige skin people, right? So yeah. what's your take uh, on racism as it relates to you and what you've experienced and your family's experienced? Yes. Well, thank you so much, Trish, for the question. You know, racism is, is relative. 
And I would say that like people or people of the same race naturally tend to want to be together, right? But because of civilization, we've now learned that we can all be together. However, I have experienced challenges as I've grown from the village, Kisi, Kenya, to Nairobi, and where I worked in a law firm. And then I went to France, where I learned French. I attended uh, the Institut Catholique de Lyon. Really, I had a dream. I had a dream, and that is the, the desire to grow and, and, and go far and move away from a country to come to another country. But when I got to France, I was an au pair. And as an au pair, usually you work in families to take care of kids, young children, and take care of the, the household and help the mistress of the home. At the same time, you learn the language better. That's when I realized that I, I, for me, it didn't matter. I was black, I was someone white, it didn't matter. But then when I lived in the family, I realized that something was different. They loved me and they tried, they did the best, but there was something that, that was not quite a fit. That was one. Now, when it was time to look for jobs, because students, foreign students went out and looked for jobs, so we used to knock at doors and they would open the door and they say, oh, vous êtes noir. And they would look at your skin and say, vous êtes noir, you're black. Ooh. Then, as we continued, as my life continued in France, I was um, really, you know, again, I used to go to church. There were, we were black, white people and other people from the islands. But you know, it, it was okay because I didn't take it seriously. But then it continued. The children would come and touch my skin. I used to take care of them. And they would say, but you're so black. Elle est noire, she's black. And then it was okay. And then we moved on, you know, other places like uh, here in the US. I worked at the International Monetary Fund and positions came up. Uh, I, I loved teaching and there was training and positions came up for train the trainer in, in, in the human resources department, but I could not get the positions. And so, I, I said, fine, that, that, you know, you keep working and you do the best you can, but then it affects your daily life. Mm -hmm. Those instances I experienced, and there are many more, but those are some that have marked my life and I think about them. But I think that if we take and use the power of one, we can change this way of thinking that we are different because under the sun, we all belong to one God. I believe that. And we, we are all brothers and sisters. Yes, absolutely. So, yeah. so you would get the, in France, so I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that yes. black and brown people where you were living in France were the minority, yes? Yes. So yes. you were, it was unusual you know, and people and the kids would say, oh, you're, you're black, you're so black. Did you see any kind of discrimination or out overt racism while you were living there beyond the, oh, you're different? 
yes, there was discrimination. The, 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 that's also in other places, discrimination where they would, if they were looking for jobs for, for au pairs they, at the school, they would take the white girls, even if they were from Scandinavian countries or from England, they would be given a more priority over the black girls. Again, what came about most of the time, and I've experienced that all my life, is that they would say, oh, vous avez un accent. You have an accent. Okay. And, uh, and that I've experienced here, everywhere I've gone, they would say, but hmm, you have an accent. And that, you know, when you think about it, we all have accents, right? Wherever we come from. Right. But when you come from Africa or from, when you're black, it, it's like your accent follows you. It marks you. And you're just like, okay, here we are. But that's another area where you get discriminated. If you, you have to learn, I had to learn to work harder than everybody else, as in to do better, to express myself better. Hence, even going to public speaking schools because I wanted to be able to communicate, articulate, and be able to be understood. Yeah. yeah. So, so in France, you saw some discrimination. And then you mentioned here when you were working at the International Monetary Fund. Yes. There were jobs that you wanted, but you didn't get. What makes you believe that it was because of your race that you didn't get it? How Was there anything said to you? How do you know that that's where it came from? Sometimes things could be said. Sometimes you could hear people talking. We could be probably having lunch. And really sometimes I was the only one, like in my department for a long time, I was the only black person, both in France, because in France I worked for the International Agency for Research on Cancer. Mm. And this is an international agency that researches on cancer. It is a, a small branch of the World Health Organization. They are situated in Lyon, France. And so most of the time I was there, I was alone, but you could tell that something is not amiss. And again, the, the, everybody would be very nice to you, but there was always something that was not right. Coming to the US, at work, we could be talking and you could hear them, you know, people talking among you. They would be saying, you know, black people, they are complicated, you know, black people. So you, you get it to hear and then they will tell you, oh, you, you, you know, you are better than everybody else because you are with us. But then how can I be better than you and I'm here with you, you know? It, it's like, oh. So it continued like that. And um, you can always tell. But let me also say something. You know, racism and, uh, and uh, discrimination is not only about black and white people. There is discrimination among black people themselves. And there's racism among black people themselves. Yes, there is. Absolutely. Yeah. I've heard about that before. Colorism or shadiology, I've heard it referred All to. All that. So we shouldn't just always think that it's just about Black people and white people. I think that there is that thing of if you are superior, sometimes even in the families themselves. 
Well, you know, I have to, I agree because I've heard, oh, I've heard that multiple times from many of my guests here is yeah. that within the black culture, now is that, and I know that it's not only in the US because I've heard from people who are from other places as well, the Caribbean. Um, do you find that in the African culture as well? Like in Kenya? Oh, I lost you, Joyce. I lost you. I'm so sorry that I lost Joyce. It seems like her screen has frozen up or perhaps it's mine, um, but it's an interesting thought. So here's what my take is on that. And hopefully Joyce can find her way back. If there is such a thing as, uh, and, and there is such a thing as shadiology or uh, that kind of cultural thing that happens within the black culture. And I've heard about it, you know, you're brown, you're black, you're darker, you're lighter, all of that stuff. Um, but here's what happens for me when we start talking about this, and I'm going to be totally honest with you, is when, when people who disagree that there is such a thing as white supremacy, let's say, and we don't like that term, right? It sounds so ugly. Um, but there is um, a white privilege, if you will, just like there is a white male privilege that you can't see unless you're not a white male or that you can't see unless you're um, not a black person. There is white privilege. And I've heard it over and over again. Women on my show who have said that I didn't get a, a, a promotion and the underlying reason was because I was black or uh, I couldn't be taken seriously because I was black A and B a woman. So I've heard it over and over again, enough to know that when you are a woman, certainly I know that from my own self, that I have to work twice as hard to be found to be legitimate. And when you're a black woman, you have to work three times as hard to be found as legitimate. So there, I do believe there is something to be said for white privilege, right? It just is. It doesn't mean that you haven't worked really hard to get where you are if you're a white person. I busted my butt to get where I am. You know, when I was younger, I was working several jobs all at the same time. People now are doing multiple jobs at the same time. It doesn't mean that you haven't worked hard. It just means that the color of your skin hasn't been one of the reasons that you were held back in addition to any other reason that you might have had. So here's the rub though. When I hear about shadiology or colorism within the black community, you know, the shades of black, I don't even like to bring it up too much because those who don't believe that there is such a thing as white privilege, those who don't believe that there are people who feel that the white race is supreme or that there are people who believe that, which you can't even possibly believe that today, tend to use that as a weapon. A weapon, instead of looking at the fact that there are systems in place, whether it is a system 
to identify a young black boy of a single mother to end up in special needs, which was the case of one of my guest's children, or whether it is, I didn't get the job because I was a black woman. When there's, when we don't, we can't look at that because of all the other noise around it. And colorology, shadiology is more noise around it. It's the same thing when you talk about slavery. When you talk about slavery, those people who eschew the idea that there is such a thing come back and say, well, Africans were selling their people off themselves and they were the ones who started the trade. Well, that may be the case, but that has nothing to do with my ability to see a person as a person, acknowledge that they come from another culture and accept them for who they are, regardless of their race. So it's just noise when we start talking about that particular issue. And hi, Joyce, welcome back. Yes, I just don't know what happened, sorry. That's all right, <laughs> technology. Someone told me that um, it, we're notoriously in mercury retrograde right now. So that's what, what caused it. So yeah, so yeah. what I was commenting on was about the whole colorism thing. And, and what I'm gonna tell you is what I just told everybody else is that I do know that that exists. I've heard it over and over again. And I've heard it from people um, uh, who are black, who have experienced it. But here's my take on it. My take on it is when we as white people take that on, it becomes noise around the issue. It becomes, oh, well, they discriminate among themselves. So like that gives me license to be one who discriminates as well. So it's kind of just white noise that takes away from the issue. And the issue is how black people are perceived, treated, seen, understood, in our culture, because of our culture, our movies, our TV, our CEOs, you know, you have to be able to see yourself to see yourself going up. So regardless of how you feel about the politics of the current vice president, hooray, it's a black woman. So young women can see themselves in that role. That's right. That's the key. So you were saying that, um, you know, this shadiology, this colorism exists. My question to you is, does it exist in Kenya? Does it exist in, um, in Africa where, where the majority of people are of black skin? Yeah, it's so it does. It does, it does exist. And that is where we now can bring in, let's talk about, it, it exists and even it exists in the church. And, and 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 that's why I always ask, why should we say, let's say we're Christians and we're children of God or we believe in a higher power, but we are not loving each other like we should and practice that principle and, and, and help each other along life's way. Look, we have a pandemic, but it's gone it's all over the world. It's not just black, white or it's everybody. And I think there's a word in, in, in the Bible that says that when God gives rain, he gives rain to everybody. He doesn't just give rain to, he doesn't discriminate, he doesn't choose. So I always go to that higher power and I've never had a challenge in my own heart of saying this one is black or this one is white or this one is from this tribe and this one. Actually, most of my friends uh, from other places of the world. I have a lot of white friends. Most of my friends have never been from my own people. 
they have always been, I, I have friends with my own people, but I'm quite international. And I would say, uh, my father used to call me the international lady of the whole world because of my way of thinking and how I just love and embrace people of every race and everybody. Just that kind of love. And that's what I'm saying. It just takes one person. If we one person can change and say, let's do things differently, then there will be a ripple effect and we can all live in a, a better place. A better well, world. That's the whole idea of everything yes. we're doing here is having conversations just to uncover what's it like in your shoes? What's mm -hmm. it like to live with your skin? What's it like yes. for you to hear you're not getting the job? And for me yes. as an individual to take action to be the change I want to see in the world, to be the that's one who right. really does follow the, the golden rule, who doesn't okay. care about a person's skin color or anything else in the in terms of that. So you got it, Joyce, that's what it all comes down to. You know, you yeah. have uh, a lot of brothers and sisters and you have kids. How mm -hmm. did you see any experiences that they might've had that might've held them back or um, been their experience of racism while living here in the US? I wouldn't say that there's anything that has helped held them back because I have very successful children. One of them works in South Africa mm -hmm. for the African Development Bank. Hi, Salfa, I hope you're watching. <laughs> and then I have another one in California who is who has her own business and she is a psychologist, she's a psychotherapist. She owns her own business, has a PhD in marriage and family therapy. Yes. And also I have a sister in Canada who has her own business. She has had several businesses and she's gone beyond that, uh, whatever you can call it. I don't think it's a blockage because nobody really can block you. I think it is individual. If you are motivated and want to do something, nobody really can, it's your responsibility to succeed. So I've seen my sister Evelyn, she has uh, Ellie Bianca, it's a skincare company. It is in Canada, Calgary. You can all check it out. And I have other brothers who, who are also very, very successful. And most of our, my family is very successful. It's because our father always told us that don't let anybody stop you. You got to have that burning desire to succeed. And that burning desire to succeed is about you succeeding. And let me get, share with you a couple of maybe one or two principles my father taught us. One of them was that you had to have a vision for your life, a plan for your life. The other, the other one is that you have to be humble. And the third one is do not underestimate the power of influence. So you have to deal with the right people in order to move to the direction you want to go. So that burning desire I started talking about earlier that got me to where I got, it, it's, a, it, it's like a chain. It is, it is a burning fire that keeps on refueling itself and you just keep going. But it, it takes one day at a time and then you can get there. And one of us, each of us, we can all, wherever we are, if we sweep our front doorstep, the whole street will be clean. I love that. I love that. And it always comes down to, you know, you're so fortunate that your father gave you those 
foundational values. And it's, yes. it, it points to who you are today. Someone who, you know, who provides life coaching services based on Christian values to families with the purpose of helping them find balance, amazing balance, right? Which is the name of your company. That's correct. Yeah. And I can see it in everything you do, Joyce, that you have a vision, that you have a mission, that you are on fire to make Unstoppable. <laughs> right? You are on fire to make a difference. And this is, you know, I want to say this, and I like everybody listening to hear. When you have sisters or a sister like Trish, you know, we are having a sister-to-sister conversation, right? But I have seen you work with your three sisters, your three of you, and you started WPN, and I see how you all work together. It's true sisterhood. I admire that. And that has also fueled my fire because of the way business is done at the Women Prosperity Network. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. I have met many friends. And uh, I, 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 that was the piece that was missing for, for, for my business to be catapulted to the next level. Well, thank you so much for that. You know, we, um, we didn't think that we were so unique, that we were close and we were friends and we, you know, we loved each other and loved on each other. And we did, we have a drama free relationship among the three of us. But I hear over and over again that uh, it is unique and we're very happy to bring the spirit of that and the love of that to Women's Prosperity Network. While we love each other to success, whatever that success is defined by us. So thank you, Joyce, for that. And thank you so much for being with us today. If you had one thing to share with people today in terms of uh, being accepting, being caring, looking beyond just race for people, what would you say to people? Hmm. I would say that let's go beyond the skin, but look into the heart. And as I said it earlier, just know that we are children of one God living under one roof, which is planet Earth. Just love one another and move forward and support each other. Just supporting each other and loving each other, but going beyond the skin is what I would say. Go beyond the skin. That was Get- so great. I wrote it down as you were saying it. I was like, that is good. Go beyond Go into the heart. Yeah. Dot, 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 to the heart. Yes. That's yes. it. Beautiful. Thank you so much, my beautiful friend. I'm so happy that you were with me today. Thank you for persevering through the technology uh, challenges that we had and for coming back. I so appreciate you. Thank you all for watching. Thank you all for being a part of the solution. And remember to share this video with other people. Share your thoughts. I'd love to hear your comments and your opinion in the comments below this post. Tell us what has happened for you in your life. How are you being the change that you want to see in the world in terms of seeing beyond the color of someone's skin to their heart? Joyce, thank you again. I appreciate you so much. Thank you, everybody. I hope you have a fantastic rest of your day. Enjoy. And this, again, is Trish Carr, Women's Prosperity Network, 
for sister to sister. Thank you, Trish. Vous êtes belle. You are beautiful. Thank you.